In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of koi gear, casting, and klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's August 5th, 2011, and this is episode 5 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. Well, by now, everybody who was at Sock Summit has hopefully safely made their way home. I've seen a couple of you on Facebook or on other message boards, sadly packing up and saying goodbye to people that you've met in person. Safe travels home, everybody. Yeah, we've reimbursed the yarn harlot for all those extra baggage fees she had to pay. Whoops. Well, if you didn't buy so much while you were there, we wouldn't have needed an extra bag. Well, yes. And then us stowing away in her bags couldn't have helped either. No. Okay, let's go straight into adventures in knitting. Did you want to start? Okay. At one point, I had one handsome mitten, and now I have one merry warmer. The merry warmer, once I got past the mathematical issues, and I told you I just sort of knit myself there, and as a good friend of ours said, the force was with you. So one of them is completely done, and the other one is about half done. It's a swinging easy knit once you get the hang of it. It's quite pretty, too. So I should finish these this week. One more Christmas present down. The shawl has not come out. The Celtic stole has not come out this week because I was knitting merry warmers. That's just all there is to it. And as you can see, well, Karen can see, you guys can't. I did some work on the quilt. It's coming together. It's about halfway there. All the rest of the rows are over there waiting in line to be sewn together. But, you know, life happens. And to be lain upon by your cat. Yeah, laying upon by the cat. The quilt's looking quite nice. I'm really happy with it. You know, it's really, it's not a very fancy design, but it, it works really well. And don't worry, I will take some pictures in progress for anybody who's of the sewing persuasion who's curious. Basically, as I mentioned before, my family lives in the Caribbean, and my brother had his wedding in the Caribbean. Their colors were yellow and charcoal gray, and we know of a company down there called Bahama Handprints, where all of the fabric is hand printed and they had been eyeing this pattern for their tablecloths and unfortunately things didn't work out but they really were eyeing this fabric and to do a yellow on yellow tone so I arranged it with my parents they arranged to get the fabric printed they brought it up to me when they came to visit so if anybody knows anything about quilting you'll understand this but I'll do my best to explain the fabric itself is very busy it's got a lot of fronds and floral work on it so it's lots of uh, curvy edges just, I, in, just in white and yellow yeah it's just white and yellow, so it's a yellow and yellow tone. I didn't want to cut up the fabric so much because then you wouldn't see mm-hmm. the effects of the, the fronds and whatnot, so I left them as squares. They're about 10 inch squares, and there's white sashing in between, so there's borders in between, and everywhere where the borders cross is a very small cornerstone of charcoal, and when it gets all pinned together and I actually start quilting it, because I do all my quilting by hand, I'm just going to follow... Traditionalist. Yes, well, I just haven't gotten around to learning how to machine quilt, and I kind of like the idea idea of the quilt spread across my lap mm-hmm. while I stitch into it. It's kind of it's a little bit magical mm-hmm. and you know I always wind up bleeding on the quilt so I keep saying that you know the quilt, the quilt has now been blessed. But when I start quilting it I'll just follow the lines of the printed pattern on the fabric. It should be good. We'll see how fast I can put this bloody thing together because they well, got what? Four months? Yeah their anniversaries on the in December. The latter end of December. Yeah so that's that's the crack I'm smoking. Okay I see Sparkly sitting next to you. I want to hear about <laughs> it. Okay 
well, first I should mention that I finished the Aphrodite socks. Yay! Yay! Finally done, after getting put aside for like six weeks. And after the minor heart attack that one of the socks gave me earlier this week, because I had started the first sock, knit down to a certain length, then started the second sock, and wanted to get the second sock caught up, so if I had leftover yarn from the second sock that I needed to use on the first one, I could have that yarn without worrying about whether I'd have enough to finish. So I finished the second sock, and then I go to look for the first sock. And it had run away from home? Yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere. And I'm trying to think, like, did I see them together when I started the second sock, when I picked the second sock up again after finishing the stole, which is like two weeks prior to finishing it? Or had I actually not seen the first sock for like six weeks? And where have you been in all of those six weeks? And where could it have gone? I seem to remember that they were together when I pulled the second sock out, but then like the places where I would have put the first sock, because despite the fact that my room is a complete tip. I'm sorry, um, I've got this little image of a sock just standing in the bow of the Titanic going, I'm king of the world! Just this lone (laughs) sock. Yeah, no, there was only a couple places where that sock should be and it wasn't there. So I seriously spent three hours one night trying to find this damn sock because I I emptied everything out of this like big knitting basket thing that I have twice. I checked every bag in my room twice. Where? At least because the first time I looked and I'm like, okay, I'm sure it's not there. And I sort of tried to sit down and just be like, okay, it'll turn up at some point. And I could not be Zen about it. (laughs) I just, it just kept fretting. So I had to look everywhere again. And then finally after that, I just distracted myself with internets so that I would stop looking for this damn sock. And then, like, two days later, I went to do laundry, and as I picked up a piece of clothing from the laundry, dangling from said clothing was the sock. (laughs) I guess at some point, like, I had taken it, I had probably taken it out of my bag and just sort of left it on my bed or something. And then later that day, I tossed the clothes I wore to work or whatever on top of it. And then when I scooped up those clothes to put in the laundry, laundry, the sock came with. Thankfully, I found it, though, and it hadn't been left on the bus or fallen out of my bag at Starbucks or something The great sigh of relief was heard throughout the kingdom. Yeah. Actually, I should confess, they are finished, sort of. I still have to kitchen under the toes, which happens to a lot of my knitting projects. Like, I swear to God, I will finish socks, and if I don't immediately need those needles, I'll just be like, woo, yay, I'm done, toss them in the bag. And then, like, two weeks later, I'll be getting ready for work, and I'm like, I need socks. Oh, I just finished those socks. And it'll be like... Like 8.30 in the morning, I need to leave at 8.45 and I'm like kitchenering the toes. <laughs> There's been a few times where I've like worn other socks to work and then in the time before work I've kitchenered the toes, taken off those socks and put on the new <laughs> socks. <laughs> You know you're a knitter when. I mean, as we're going to mention later, I have a sweater that, like, I knit for National Sweater Knitting Month last year in November. Sweater as in composite of pieces. Yes. I finished it as in I finished knitting the 50,000 stitches (laughs) that one needed to do to count as it's, you know, done in sort of a pair with... NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, where you have to write 50,000 words. It's still not seamed. (laughs) Its pieces are still in the knitting basket because I need to block them out and then I need to seam them up. And it was something I was like, yay, I've been working all month on this sweater. I want to work on something else. And then, you know, as it got later in the winter, it's like, okay, I'm not going to get a chance to wear this at this point. So screw it. I'll leave it till later. Do something else. Whee! 
Yeah, and later means after the warm months. Yeah, or in the warm months. I'll probably seam it up sometime within the next few weeks. And then I'll be like, yay, I have a sweater that I can't wear for another month and a half. So in celebration of finishing those, I have started a new pair of socks. Sparkly! Sparkly socks, like a thousand tiny Tiny diamonds. diamonds. These are... Drink every time you hear that, by the way. (laughs) Yes, drinking game. These are the Viper Pilot socks by Glenna C, who we mentioned last week. And of course, they're kind of based on Battlestar Galactica, of which course. is awesome. I'm, and I'm they not have joking. these little these little arrow-like cables that go down the middle that look like little spaceships. It's awesome. I'm not joking, people. It, 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 it is honestly sparkly. Yeah. The yarn is dyed by an Etsy seller called Another Crafty Girl, and it's done in her twinkle sock, which, as you can probably tell by the name, is mostly merino wool, a little bit of nylon, and a small percentage of sparkly stuff. And the even better thing is this colorway. It's sort of purples and pinks and greens and it's all been over-dyed with a dark blue, but it's called the colorway is called Galaxy. Extra points for good naming. Yes, so as soon as I saw the Galaxy colorway in the sparkly yarn, I'm like, I am buying that and I am making Viper, Viper Pilots about it. It, I it think looks like a star-filled sky that has a little bit of a Nova action going on. Yes. And this is actually the yarn from the small fall down I had a couple weeks ago that I mentioned. Oh, yes. Where I bought two skeins of yarn. Apparently the dyer has actually joined our Ravelry group. Yay! Without even knowing it, <laughs> she messaged me and she was like, hey, you're using my yarn for your Viper Pilots. And there was someone else who joined our Ravelry group who I've bought yarn off before. I'm not sure whether this says something about it being a small world of knitters or that I buy too much goddamn yarn. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to think of it as the former instead of the latter. Because there's no such thing as too much yarn? No. And also because like when it comes to indie dyers, I try to spread out the love. <laughs> I try to spread out the love maybe. Oh boy. You know, I try and buy from different dyers instead of like a lot from one dyer. Yeah. So I can, because oh dear god, there's so many indie, indie yarn dyers that do gorgeous stuff. I could never buy all of it. But yes, yeah, so I'm working on the Viper Pilots. But at the moment, it is a pattern that you do really have to pay attention pay to. attention to Because you've got the arrow cable down the middle, and then you've got two other cables on either side of it. And so you kind of have to watch like what you're doing with the one cable and what you're doing with the other cable. And there are little twists in the arrow cable. And This is does not classify as the TV knitting project. No, it is not. It is probably It was probably not the best knitting to bring to Knit Night last time. <laughs> There's a few things where I, I kind of balls it up and I had to sort of fudge it. I think I might want to cast on yet something else so that I can do it at knit night. Something which is kind of going to keep my attention and it's not as non-thinky as the stockinette socks, one of which I finished this week. I gotta ask this again. How many projects you got running around on needles? Well, there's that shawl I should finish. I've got, let me see, one, two pairs of socks... Alright, maybe this is something interesting to ask out there for all of you. How many projects you got hogging up needles? Yeah, and and how many do you have, like, that are active projects, that are projects that you will work on within the next month or so, and how many are, like, hibernating, like, long-term not working on those for quite a while? Because it depends what you mean by how many projects (laughs) I have on the needles. I have the two pairs of socks, I have, there's a triangular shawl I was working on, but then that went into a little bit of a hiatus so that I 
I could work foc- focus just right, on because Harry that Potter was a time stuff. issue. And then there's quite a few little sort of miscellaneous projects that I pick up at various times. They're just sort of there, and you know, occasionally I'll be like, oh, I should work on that a little bit. And it's, I think, mostly socks. Well, okay, one of them is intentionally something that I will only pick up at odd moments, like basically calling them my tiny stitches of doom socks. I recall seeing those. Yeah, it's the uh, crazy Zauber ball yarn. Yeah. Which is fairly fine. Right. Knit on two millimeter needles, and those I just sort of like, yeah, in between projects or, you know, whenever I feel like it, I'll just take them along with me and knit a few rounds on them, and they get done whenever they get done. Right. It's sort of like to clear the palette of the mind. Yeah. In between projects. Okay, that I can see. And then there's another pair of socks that I'm doing out of some hand spun that I had, which again are just plain stockinette and they're just sort of a... Yeah, I'll do them when I sort of feel like it. Or if I have projects where maybe I'm at a point with all of them where I can't really bring them with me to knit night Mm -hmm. because they take too much time or because I need to check fit on my feet or whatever, then there's something I can easily grab and take with me for knit night so I'm not left knittingless. I can't imagine you ever being knittingless. <laughs> and then there's the child sweater that's still in oh, that Lord. I need to <laughs> The one-piece child sweater that I need to finish. Okay, let's stop this train okay, before I'll it Okay, I'll stop right now before I think of anything else. Let's stop this train before it wrecks any further. <laughs> I am not a monogamous knitter by any means. I am the knitting slut. I, I have a lot of knitting friends with benefits. <laughs> If one of them is oh. available. Okay, you just broke. <laughs> I just broke Maggie. Penalty box. Aw, oh, crap. There will be a lot of stuff edited out right here because I just broke Maggie and now we have to totally get back to our train of thought. So what has been going on in the world of geek? Okay, well, one of the things that I've recently done in the world of geek, I went to see Cowboys and Aliens this past week. I have been wanting to see it for quite a while, mainly because of, oh my god, Daniel Craig in Western Outfit. What kind of chaps? They were assless. (laughs) (laughs) He was wearing jeans underneath them, Oh, well, can't be, can't have everything. But they do, I did notice they do nicely frame the derriere. <laughs> Though, that didn't quite grab me the way that, uh, there's one moment where he first puts on the cowboy, the cowboy hat. hat, and he lifts his head, and you just see those blue, blue eyes staring out from under the cowboy hat, and I'm like, oh, hot damn, this was worth the ticket price. Classic moment. Yeah, it was a pretty good movie. I mean, it is, it's very much like the a theater, classic western. The theater was filled with panties flying off. Fire extinguishers everywhere for those <laughs> that forgot to wear their asbestos panties. Yeah. It is a it is a pretty good movie. It's I had heard that it is basically like a traditional western. Okay. That happens to have aliens in it. And it is really. Some parts are very quiet. Daniel Craig's character doesn't actually say very much, but when he does, it's really weird hearing him with an American accent. Like does not compute. Now, when you say western, is it current day western or is it No, old, it is old school western. Old school western. It is western like um, horses and Harrison Ford's character fought in the Civil War. Okay, then. It's like 1870s. That answers that. Yeah, so it is old-timey Western, which kind of makes it fun, too, with the fighting the aliens part, because the aliens are obviously much more technologically advanced, and the Westerners have to kind of battle back with what they have. Pitchforks and... And guns, revolvers, and rifles, and knives. And And we're thinking of guns in the terms of they have five bullets and then they're done, or they have to actually powder and... Well, there's a few times where I'm like, I wonder how many bullets you can actually find in that gun, because (laughs) I don't see anybody reloading loading right about now, and I think they've shot quite a few times. But it is, yeah, it is a it, fairly good movie. It's not like, oh my god, greatest movie ever, but it's fun. We'll forgive them the gun inaccuracy in exchange for the 
Plus, that's a Hollywood thing. Yeah, it will in exchange for the nice derriere. Hollywood movies always have guns with clips that hold 50 bullets. Regardless of the era, somewhere there's a pharaoh firing at a plane coming down in the sky, and he's got a semi-automatic strapped to his back. It's like the Hollywood laws of medicine where, like, you know, someone will break a rib and they're not, like, completely immobile in ma- in major pain. Or they get whacked on the head and it's like, no, it's not a problem that they had a concussion. <laughs> or in some characters' cases in, like, series, that they have 30 concussions every season. We won't mention any. I'm thinking of a couple in particular. I know. But, um, I went to the movie with my mom. There was one point where she leaned over to me and she said sort of sarcastically, well, I don't think any of this is possible. And as I mentioned to her later, it's like, the screenwriter has to have a certain certain amount of freedom in writing it. It's cowboys like, and it's aliens. It's cowboys and aliens. Like, really, do you have to worry about things being plausible? All we need to do is throw in Snoopy, and honestly, I think you got an Oscar. <laughs> Snoopy is the Red Baron. Yeah! It, that must have been, like, the greatest script to write, because it's like, okay, how do I fix this? Ah, just do this. It's like, it doesn't have to make sense. It's cowboys and, and aliens. aliens. It's kind of like snakes on a plane. The title just says it all. But yeah, considering I was thinking of later, and I'm like, I would have paid four bucks just to see Daniel Craig in the Western Gear for two hours? Fine with me. But you would like a nice standing cardboard cut out of him? Okay, there was a shiver and a, and, a, and a silent squee and a wiggle, so I'm assuming that's a yes. Yes, yes, that would be a yes. It might not last long, but yes. Well, the sound of it, I wasn't the only person that went to the movies this past week. Yeah! This past week, the husband and I celebrated our wedding anniversary. Yay! And to celebrate, by the way, just a little bit of geek trivia, uh, I hope I get extra geek points for this. My husband and I met live-action role-playing. Extra geek points, damn it. I knew his character before I knew him. As a movie date, we went to see Captain America. I didn't grow up with the whole DC and Marvel comic book genre. I knew I knew the big guys, obviously, Batman and Spider-Man <laughs> and Superman, because way back, those were movies that actually made it to where I lived. So this was going to be my first exposure outside of the recent Avengers cartoons that mm-hmm. have been coming out. Honestly, that's where I've gotten a lot of my recent education. <laughs> I have a four-year-old son who went through the Avengers cartoons over, over, over again, and I got to learn a lot about the Avengers. I'm, I'm learning a lot of the Marvel stuff later in life than a lot of other people would. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I can totally swing with it. I loved the movie. In my opinion, it is primarily a, it's not a strained, but a tentative romance set in the 1940s, obviously during the World War II. And all of the stuff that happens around it, all of the explosions, all of the (laughs) motorcycle rides, all of the gunfire, yada, yada, yada. Okay, yeah, sure, that's there too. But there is always this romance that is just on the sidelines. And it is unfulfilled, unrequited, and most of the time it's not even spoken about, but it's always there. So it has something for the female, it has something for the male, and for those of us that are just freaked up in the middle. Well, how us girls like explosions and killing Nazis too. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of which, it has Hugo Weaving. Ooh. I only say that because he plays a Nazi. Rar. Well, not rar about him being a Nazi, but well, he he, he plays the the dark brooding meanie until he rips his own face off and you know stuff like that. Yeah. Okay then. Okay then. I'm not going to go into spoilers. If you know what the Red Skull is, you'll understand. He's in the Captain America plotline, so it's not a huge spoiler. But I'm not going to go into much more. No, I really, really did enjoy it. I kept finding myself a little bit giggling to myself, just a little bit, going, "He 
is so... It, it doesn't matter how old he is, how big he is, how buff he is inside, he is still little kid idealist America. But that's the whole concept of Captain America. Yeah. That's his concept. And I think that's something they can more easily do setting the movie in World War II. Yeah. I setting the movie now would be really hard. problematic. That would be really hard. And also, I just love the fashion of that era. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. And they, they did great on, you know, they went to the pubs and they got, you know, the guys were all packed in drinking pints of beer and playing the pianos. And it was great. Oh, I did some research into what had to happen to get the character from really skinny. Cause I, everybody knows the concept that this guy goes from the shrimp into buff, wonderful Captain America. Like, yeah, the goes perf- from rejected by the army, army to, to, like, super soldier. To perfect soldier. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how they did that. And the smaller version, you know, the reject version, Mm -hmm. is him. But with CGI, they erased literally parts of his anatomy, edged him out, and shrunk him down. Oh, they airbrushed him like a supermodel, in other words. Yeah. (laughs) And um, some of his shots had to be done on green screen. And it's really hard to tell. Okay, there may be some of you who are, you know, animation or special effects geeks that are, you know, snorting right now and saying, I can tell. Well, I couldn't, and I really enjoyed the music. For the layperson. Yeah, for the layperson. I loved it. His smooth pectorals were fantastic coming out of that (laughs) machine. Not that you were distracted by that or anything. No. Totally paying attention to the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So, that was Captain America. Also, this week, I finished, on Tuesday, Ghost Story by Jim Butcher, the latest Dresden book. Oh, freak me. I I basically put on Facebook that, okay, I'm done, and now I need a glass of wine and some quiet time. (laughs) The end of the book, again, I am not going to spoiler. Anybody wants to contact me to talk to me about it, that's fine, but I'm not going to spoiler. The end of the book, it's wrapped up, you take a deep breath, and then, what do you mean we're going where? Like, we've got one, oh, Crap! This is where he's going in the next book, huh? Okay, well, I need I need a change of pants because I just <laughs> Jim, wherever you are, Jim Butcher, kudos, dude. I love. And the other thing is that he is pulling out plot twists from four books ago. Everything that you thought was resolved in that book, and now you've just been told that it's all wrong. And actually, that's not categorized right. That's not labeled right. And by the way, this never happened. What? <laughs> and, and you just sort of. Stay and they're going, I need to sit down for a little bit. Yeah, th- this book was like, please excuse me. Well, I'm going to see if I can do this properly. Jim, you are the king of cluster bleeps in this book, okay? King of cluster fracks. Yeah, th- there were so many times that my brain wanted to run out of my ears just so that I can curl up in a corner and say, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> and I just kept reading. So, yes, ghost story, two thumbs up, loving it. Oh, and one thing I came across this week. There's a couple cosplay videos that have lip-syncing to songs. And probably my favorite one was one that was done at a con in London. And it was done by the Cosplay Fever group, which is a pair of authors that have done a book about cosplay in the UK. And it's mostly pictures of different cosplayers and, you know, interviews with them and things like that. They did one to Pink's song, Raise Your Glass. I love that song. Which is awesome. 
awesome. Yeah, I love that song. It's a real, and it's a really well done video. And then another one along similar lines is one that was done at San Diego Comic Con this year, which is to Lady Gaga's Born This Way. And of course, it's always fun watching things like this and seeing how they sync in the visuals with the audio. Like in the pink one, there's one line that says, Why so serious? Yeah. So, of course, the character they get to lip sync that line is Joker. Yeah, Joker from Dark Knight. But yeah, they're both really fun. I think London looks like it was more cast. Right. And maybe more rehearsed. And then the San Diego Comic Con one is much more impromptu, where it looks like they went up to people on the show floor or whatever and said, hey, your costume's awesome. Can you lip sync these two lines of Lady Gaga for this video we're doing? (laughs) I'm sure that's not the strangest thing they get asked. Yeah. At Comic Con? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure there's lots more things they get asked that would more likely to get a guy punched in the face. Okay. Just as a side note, anybody out there who's been to a con, has been dressed up, and has been asked a really weird question or a really weird request, we want to hear about it. Oh, I want to hear about that, please. I want to hear the weirdest thing you've been asked. And, of course, mentioning another con, Sock Summit. Yay! And, of course, by now, a lot of people have been posting on their blogs with photos and stories and everything about the stuff that happened. And one of the things that I saw, which is awesome and awesomely nerdy, in case people didn't know this already, the Sock Summit logo is sort of based on the Stargate from Stargate, the movie and the TV series. And I believe the first time Sock Summit actually came around, they had a colorway called Sock Gate that was everything in their logo. I've seen that, yeah. Which I wanted really bad, but but never got a chance to get. At this Sock Summit, they had a cardboard Sock Gate. It was basically the Stargate from the TV show. Except instead of the runes all the way around the edge, it was knitting chart symbols. How big was it? It looked like it was a good seven, eight feet. So it was pretty good size. Yeah, it was pretty good size. And I mean, it was cut out in the middle. So like you could have stepped through the sock gate. I wonder how many people took pictures in that. Sadly, like I have seen photos of this thing. I have not seen any nerds mugging in front of it. Aww. Like or pretending to be like a Stargate team coming through. Really? Like, Come they, on, guys. They should, they should have hung some sort of backdrop of, you know, a wormhole behind them. Yeah, and just have, the fabric And just it. have people standing in front. That would have been I an know, awesome photo that op. That would have been awesome. I would have been all over that photo op. When, as soon as I saw this, my brain starts going in the fanfic direction. Mm-hmm. And all I can imagine is, like, the SG-1 team yep. going through the gate and somehow coming out this sock gate at Sock Summit. And my brain starts going in places. Like, I can just imagine Jack O'Neill standing yep. there being like, like, what the hell is this? And Carter goes completely nuts and starts, like, figuring out this intricate lace shawl. Teal just looks at some knitting for a minute, picks it up, starts knitting all zen-like. Yep. Daniel would just be alert, probably be allergic to. Yeah, he's allergic to mohair, to wool, and alpaca, <laughs> and cashmere. My brain just goes in places about what, would, what it would be like if the SG-1 team went to Sock Summit. <sighs> Extra nerd points. They come back through the gate, Samantha's got her arms full of yeah, yarn. Yeah, Teal probably has a Doctor Who uh, scarf on. Oh my god! I would give anything to see that. Or a toque with, you know, a special hole. Oh my god, yes! (laughs) A toque with a little hole. Or... Okay, I think I broke Karen oh now. God. Or or something knit in the shape of the on his forehead. Yeah, I think I broke Karen. Oh my god. Someone needs to make a toque with that pattern on the front of it now. Somebody get on that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, following on the heels of that, I've got and um, this is a website for you guys. It's called Geek A Week. This is geekaweek.net and this event took place in 2010. The challenge was for this artist, Peralta. He was to connect with one geek each week. So we're talking 52 geeks. 
Now, you, you might think, oh, that's not so hard, but once you get into the sixth week, the seventh week, the tenth week, it starts to get a little harder to choreograph schedules and phone calls and things like that. He's now assembled all of it online. There are trading cards that he's made. He's done the artwork for the front and stylized each geek, you know, made caricatures of them into the classic icons that you would find around Geekorama. You know, there are world eaters, there are superheroes, there are the Laura Croft Tomb Raider types, which Carrie Byron is. And these are geeks that are not just comic book geeks. These are comic, TV, science, movies, art, covering all sorts of genres. My personal favorite took place on Halloween of last year. He interviewed and with each card that he's able to, he does a phone interview with the person that the card is about. Neil Gaiman, okay? You interview Neil Gaiman on Halloween, how cool is that? And on the back of the cards written by Paul and Storm are the stats, as if on a real trading card, the stats for the geek. (laughs) And Neil Gaiman has a plus nine reality shifting and he's omnipotent in dreams. Because if anybody (laughs) knows anything about Sandman, that's pretty classic. And he will interview these people. And it's not the classic interview of where did you get your start and, you know, a lot of other type things. This guy goes off with, okay, Neil, you gotta kill a zombie. How do you do it? How cool is that? Come on. Neil responds with a little bit of hemming and hawing and this and that. Well, I'm not good with a gun. I'm classically good at missing things. He ultimately decides that he wants a beaver. He wants to be (laughs) armed by beavers because he has seen beavers take down some pretty big trees. So he figures that a beaver or multiple beavers will take out the legs of a zombie. And yes, the zombie will still be trying to crawl forward, but they're at a serious disadvantage at that point. Yeah, they're much easier to kill at that point. Now, Neil, I love you and all, but I've got to counter this with, well, the beaver is probably going to take one sniff of that walking carry-on and give you the equivalent of the finger and (laughs) shuffle off back to its dam where (laughs) things are the way they're supposed to be. Because if animals have a better sense of smell than us humans and a zombie is walking dead flesh, no, I don't think it's going to happen. You have to have some serious mind control over that beaver. Way to go. I am hoping that at the end of this podcast, stay right to the end and we'll give you some words of wisdom from Neil himself. So anyways, guys, that is geekaweek.net. Be sure to check it out. They now have the trading cards printed and available to buy. Check out oh. thinkgeek.com. Of course they have them at thinkgeek.com. Well, thinkgeek has everything that is awesome and wonderful. They, there's a, t- there's a t-shirt at thinkgeek that I want. Well, there are multiple t-shirts. But there's one called uh, More Dorable. It's basically Mordor. Cute. Oh my god! They have Gollum. They have orcs. I have to they see have, this They the have show. ring wraiths. They're all adorable. Yeah, a couple things that, that ThinkGeek have that I want so bad. They have posters for Firefly. Yeah. And for Battlestar Galactica. For Firefly, the posters are mostly locations, but they're done in the style of, like, old-school travel posters. Okay. Or, you know, there's one for, like, Visit Serenity Valley, you know. And the ones that... The other ones that I really, really want, I think it was designed by the same people, are for Battlestar Galactica, they have propaganda posters. Oh, my God. That's cool. Imagine... I just keep going to the t-shirts. I don't know why. Yeah. Imagine, like, 1940s 
1940s, 1950s yeah. propaganda posters, yeah. but warning of the Cylon danger. Oh my god! It is amazing. I want them so bad. The the art in them is just so awesome with that slightly retro feel, but then of course you have the whole Cylons. Fantastic. <laughs> or Firefly sort of things. And actually thinking of Battlestar Galactica, one little thing to mention. Mark from Mark Reads and Mark Watches that we mentioned a couple weeks ago, he has actually just started watching Battlestar Galactica. So I am watching this eagerly because oh. it's so fun. He just started, I think he's on like episode four of the first season. Okay. If you've wa- seen Battlestar Galactica, it'll be fun to sort of watch each episode with him and, and see, see what he says yeah. and, and what he... Because he says he, he knows absolutely nothing about Battlestar Galactica. This isn't like Harry Potter where he knew a couple things. He knows nothing. So it'll be interesting as the series goes on to see what his sort of hypotheses are about how things are going to turn out. Speaking of Harry Potter, there has been an epidemic running rampant through the populace. Yes. Pottermore! There have been a couple of our friends that have made it in. They have made it in in the sense, I was looking at this site the other day, basically for seven days from July 31st, which is Harry Potter's birthday, what they did so you could try and get early entry to the site is at some point each day, there's a clue that comes up, you have to type in that clue, and it's basically called Finding the Magical Quill, like the one that writes the names of wizard children in the book of Hogwarts to find that clue and you have to do it during a certain number of time and there's only a certain number of spots each day and when that number of people have found the clue and put in their names then they don't let in anymore that day and you have seven days to try it I completely forgot about it the first couple days and then the other days I have been working or out when the clue has gone up or this morning registration was full before I even woke up but yeah so I know a few people that have gotten in and what they've been able to is they've been able to submit their name and pick their username and things like that Mm -hmm. and then what they'll do is they will in order of when they signed up, they'll be emailed and then they'll be able to actually access the site. Okay. So the people that have been able to sign up that we know haven't actually been able to access the site as far as I know. Again, they're going to very slowly send up the emails and get people in. Sort of like when Ravelry first opened, you had to put your email in, but then for the first few few months, really, because it was so new and because so many people were trying to join, they would only let in a certain number each day so that things didn't get overwhelmed. So I remember like when I joined, it was fairly soon after it started and I had to wait like three, four weeks. So it's similar to that. Like how okay. they're, they're very slowly doing it. And then it'll open to everybody in October, which I'm trying to console myself with. <laughs> it's like, I want to be in there. It's not wanna... that far away. I know. It's actually not that far away, which is kind of scary, really, thinking that October is not that far away. But, I mean, it's just that now that I know people, I know quite a few people, actually. There's a couple of our friends from Knit Night, and I know a few people from online. Right. I know at least five or six people that are now in, and I'm like, but they're going to be so far ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's going to be awful <laughs> When they actually get access to the site. And they're going to be like, oh my god, this is so amazing. And I'm going to be like, I have to wait until October. But I will survive somehow. Don't worry, I'm sure you'll get in and you'll zoom right past them. Oh, yes. I'll be like, I must do all the things. All right, cravings, covets, and crushes. Okay, Knitting World, Twist Collective is up. As if you didn't know. I think it went up at like midnight or 1am one night. I happened to be awake and I was like, oh my god, new Twist Collective, woo! 
And again, the stampede happened. Everybody ran to the internet. Well, see, the, the good thing was it was midnight or 1 a.m. Eastern yeah. Standard Time, so there was no stampede, no, oh my god, why, why is this not loading F5, F5. There was probably a lot of that in the morning. Yeah. Which is probably a good thing, because, oh my god, this issue, issue is so good. It's beautiful. And I can't wait for the thought of wearing mittens again. I feel like there should be some sort of festival or ritual for, like, when you can finally bring the socks out. Make some offering to the sock gods. Yeah. A blessing of the socks, or something like that. Blessing of the socks with a toasting of the hot chocolate. That Sounds could work. That could yes. work. We can make this work, right? Sounds good to me. My personal crushes in this edition are Evan Dim by Julia Trice. Oh, yes, that was the sweater. That's the sweater that had has the buttons sort of along a raglan sleeve right. line. And the um, it has looks like it has a asymmetrical collar that's opened. Yep. Beautiful. So I love nice. everything about it, right down to the color. And it's got a little bit of a like a lacy candy yeah. detail at the bottom too. Lacy edges nice. at the bottom of the sleeves, at the hem, and the collar itself. I also like Scout by Hannah Caviello. And the thing I really like about that, I'm I just really like the baseball raglan style shirts or cardigans that have of the sleeves a different color from the body. Yeah. I just I just like that look. There's actually a little bit of extra texture on the sleeves. And the last one that, well, granted I like a lot more, but these are my, my personal favorite crushes, is Twinings by Amy Herzog. I love that sweater. I think a lot of people love that sweater. There's just something that is very classic, but just a little bit edgy new to it. Love it. I want to make that sweater so bad. And actually, the sweater that I have not seen yet was actually designed by Amy Herzog. So I we really see trend like her, here. Yes, I really like her designs. It's like, I, I saw that sweater, the twining sweater, I'm like, oh my god, I love this sweater. And then I saw the designer, I'm like, oh, of course I love this sweater. <laughs> Duh! And she's also really good about making sweaters that are nice and flattering to us big girls. And for those who are not looking at Twist Collective right now, Twinings is the one, it, in the issue, it's in a sort of navy blue, and it's got a sort of faux wrap sweater yeah. look to it. It's got a cable pattern that goes sort it of It starts subtly, at one side of the hip, goes yeah. up, and then comes up cross as if yeah, part of goes, the faux wrap. Yeah, it goes it goes then goes into the V-neck. And it's also got the cably pattern just sort of around the hem and on the edge of the edge That's of the a cably leaf pattern, right? Hence the twinings? Or is it just um, a cable? It's just a cable from the look of it. Okay. Yeah, as for my favorites for this issue, as I was telling Maggie earlier, I think if I have to talk about my favorites from this issue, I'd probably just say like fracking everything because, oh my god, there's so much nice stuff. We can this. make this really short or really long. <laughs> I love all the socks. I want to make all the socks. But yeah, and of course it doesn't hurt that it looks like a lot of the sock patterns have that sort of cable twisted stitch cable, slightly lacy thing going on, which is exactly like my thing. Yeah, it is. It is the exact sort of thing I look at and I go, ooh, want that now. And then there's the... Basically this edition just lined up a bunch of your primary studs and you just yeah, walked in much. and said I'll have them all. Knew exactly what buttons to push. And I love oh the Eden sweater. Yeah. Which is the, the yeah. brown one. With, it's it's ribbed and then it's a sort of open front sweater and right at the two edges of the open front there's this cable. It's, that a, it's, almost a, looks it's a large like, cable. Yeah, it's a large cable. I sort of looked at it and thought it almost looked like, like knots in wood. Wood grain. Yeah. yeah. Like wood grain, that sort of thing. It looks so awesome. And then there's the Dylan coat, which is the double-breasted yeah, I remember sort of peacoat look. I even saw the Kirkwall socks, which are the Bear Isle socks. <laughs> 
And I was like, those look kind of cool. Maybe it's the shoes. But I was like, those look kind of cool. But they're also like, they're looking knee highs, actually. They're knee high color work. And we're talking crazy color work. Yeah, knee high color work. And color work is not very stretchy. So I would probably have to do serious math to get them around my calves. And this was a bigger issue than usual. I think they had like 38 items. Really? Yeah, they had, I think this is the largest issue they've had so far, which I am totally not complaining about. No, not complaining at all. Coming from a graphic design standpoint, I love the design of their online magazine. Oh, yeah. Love it. It's so attractive. Really wonderful pictures and things. It's so attractive and appealing. You can feel the difference when you go from section to section. You can tell. Another thing that I love, I don't know if I'd ever make it, but I love the boundless cape. I've seen quite a few people cue that. Yeah, I don't know if I would ever make it because I don't know if I could ever see myself wearing it, but I really do love it. Maybe it can. It's like a hobbit cape. Maybe a bunch of us can make it in red and we could do a bunch of red riding hoods. Ooh. Hmm. It might be a little... Actually, thinking of Halloween... Oh boy, I just gave her another crazy (laughs) pants deadline. Okay. Oh God. Moving on. Hey, it wouldn't take that long. I can knit a sweater in a month. Listen to her. (laughs) But it would be kind of cool to do it in red and then be like, sexy little red riding hood. Sexy little red. And then somewhere closer to Christmas, just, you know, sew on a little bit of a fur trim to it. A white fur trim. Yeah, but I kind of like it. It is in green, and the and it's the cable. Well, I said it's a hood. That's enough to tell you exactly what pattern it is in Twist Collective. Yeah. But, and it's got all the nifty cables on it, and yeah, it looks sort of hobbity now that I look at it. And that, that appeals to the geek in you. Oh, and a hobbit cape, especially because the, the patterns are sort of leaf-like and sort of remind me <laughs> of Rivendell, the architecture in Rivendell. Yes, anyway. And then speaking of the color work, Nitpix has expanded its arsenal yes. of color. Yeah, they've added added a whole bunch of colors in a bunch of their different yarn lines. The one that mainly got me tempted and craving very badly is they've added 20 more colors to palette. It's like, oh god, I just want and so much. Palette is what we've been what I've been using and I think you've used it as well. I haven't used it yet actually. No, I've, I've been, been using very it tempted. I've been using it to make the handsome mittens because it's just the right amount. Mm-hmm. You're not left with all of this excess over. It's just the right amount of yarn, and it's in all of these amazing colors. Honestly, think of a color. It is there. Yeah. Well, because they created it for doing color work. Yeah. Especially for doing, like, mittens or ferrule sweaters, which are usually at a very fine gauge. Yeah. And so, of course, they have to have a huge selection of colors so that you can get the colors that just work perfectly. And seeing the new colors, it's not helping the mitten (laughs) crave. I say it again, I want one of all of them. And actually, when it comes to doing color work, Nitpix also has a section on their site for tutorials. They have a few there for color work, how to pick colors to go with each other. Oh, cool. I know that's one thing, like, maybe not so much when I'm looking at mittens, though I still might stick with the color combinations I might come up with would be kind of obvious. But if I was actually thinking of doing, like, a Farrow sweater, that would be the one thing where I'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, because in a lot of cases, that's not just two colors. That's yeah. multiple it's colors. It's more like six colors. You might only be working two in a row, but, you know, they still have to sort of go together. Yeah. And I just have no idea about the more complicated. And you really, of... really don't want to get two-thirds of the way through that feral and say, you know what, this green just isn't going. Yeah. You don't want no, that to happen. No. Or, you know, I, I probably wouldn't look at the colors and I wouldn't be able to pick out the one, like, really weird color that also makes everything sort of pop. But if you're like me and you are not sure of such things, they have them under the tutorials section, under color work. But yes, the, the palette has been tempting me so much. But <sighs> this past month, between like, day and then... <laughs> July is also the month that 
at my workplace, we get our vacation pay. So it's already been like, there's been a couple things where, okay, I've been waiting months to get this stuff or to buy, do a little spending. And now I've just had the chance to do it. So it's like, no, now I have to not spend as much anymore. Now we have to actually behave. Especially because I, I ordered from Blue Moon Fiber Arts earlier this week. You like, see okay, what I have to deal with, people? This is not that often. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't want to give the impression that I just buy yarn all the time. It's like, no, it's more like I go for a while and then, you know, when I have the chance, I just get a few things. Okay. But like I said, it's the perfect storm of birthday and vacation pay. Okay. That I can finally do some of that. We don't want to encourage people to go out and spend grocery money on, no, on yarn. No, I will not be talking every week about my, my fall downs. Finally, there are at least three websites that I want to bring up. One is a crafty website that I've been going to of late and I love. It is www.notmartha.org and it is very cool. She does everything from she does knitting, cooking, baking, she does decorations and you know, I've gone through her all of her holiday stuff because I found her I think sometime in February and I'm like, oh I'm doing that for Christmas next year and that one and that one. Like you needed more incentive. Yes. <laughs> or more things to add to the list. Like she has the instructions and the recipe for individual miniaturized gingerbread houses that you can perch on the rim of your coffee or cocoa mug. Now say it with me, this is awesome. It is really awesome. It is really awesome. It's one of those tiny little things that is, you sort of see it and think, really? You'd, you'd spend the time to do something that finicky? But it does look awesome. It does look awesome. And yes, I am that nuts. We established this a while ago. And she's, Especially when you're on NyQuil. Yeah. And she's also on Ravelry, so you'll be able to follow all of her knitting stuff too. Mm-hmm. Secondly, want to send a big hug and kisses out across the pond to www.imake.gg. Yay! We love you. This is run by Martine. She describes herself as a Guernsey girl because she lives in Guernsey, which is an island, basically just off of France and England. And Guernsey is actually where a very sort of traditional kind of sweater design comes from. Guernsey, yeah. Jersey, those sort of island. Yeah. Um, and she was sweet enough to mention her uh, mention us on her last podcast. Yes, and we love you. We love you very much. And I have actually had a chance to listen to some of the podcasts. I had actually heard about her podcast on the Electric Sheep podcast when she was talking about Knit Nation and the podcaster meetup there. Yeah. And I heard about the iMake podcast. I'm like, oh, I should totally listen to that podcast. Two days later, we get a comment on the blog for our podcast saying, hi, I listened to your podcast and I love it. I'm from the iMake podcast. Like, oh my God, this is a small world. Wow. <laughs> but she's really talented and I've heard her talk about uh, knitting. I've heard her talk about leather work. Buttons. She loves yes. buttons. If you yeah, She sense- talks about all kinds of different topics. Yeah, and she was fortunate enough to go to Knit Nation, so you are one of the favored. You are... You are of the chosen, but we love you, and thank you very much for mentioning us. And if you are a podcaster and you have mentioned us on a podcast, please let us know so we can like mention you in return, you know, and listen to your show. The podcast and, love. Yes, and, and bestow our love upon you. Just spread the podcast love all around, Bay. Because it's still sort of a oh my god, you like us, you really like us sort of feeling. Speaking of which, knit spin cake dot blogspot dot We love you too. Yes, we love you in advance. We got the comment today that we will be mentioned on the upcoming episode. So everybody, check out knitspincake.blogspot.com. 
com. Show her some love. Yeah, that's another podcast I'm intending on checking out. There's another podcast I had been intending on checking out after hearing about it on Electric Sheep. Yeah. Because I love the British podcast. <laughs> but yes, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I definitely will be doing that this week. But yes, thank you guys. Smooches. Squooshes and smooshes. I just have mental images of what would be squooshing. You broke my brain already <laughs> once tonight. Still you in the penalty box. Yeah, you see what I mean about being in the penalty box? You could have that thing plaqued with your name on it. So in conclusion, we hope this has been sufficiently geeky for everybody. If there are topics that you want discussed on the podcast, please let us know. We have a thread in the Relory group, which is the Knit 1 Geek 2 spaces between the words and the numbers, asking for people to give us suggestions. Because we've got, and we've had a few suggestions from people that we know at Knit Night and have some ideas for some discussion-y podcasts that we might do, as well as the usual things that we see in geekery. We hope that you guys have enjoyed the podcast. As usual, geek on, have fun, behave, or don't, and send us the pictures. Have a good week, guys! Thanks for listening. If you'd like to see our show notes or comment on our blog, you can find it at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. Or you can email us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com. Thanks, and have a good week. Yeah. Finally, the last thing, is there any other words of wisdom you'd like to share before we depart? Never, never try and... Shampoo a cat alone. You know, have have somebody with you. I think, especially if the cat is large and and prone to fight. And um, also, I mean, if you can, clip the cat's nails first before you shampoo it. I think this is really important. Um, And remember that a cat, even with its nails clipped, while you're trying to shampoo it, can do things like climb straight up a mirror. You know, the things, things that you, you can't quite work out because where is the purchase? How can they get a hold on the mirror without even clothes? But they can. They can shoot straight up a mirror and stare at you from a corner of the ceiling like something from The Exorcist while you're trying to shampoo them.